Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to our very last episode in this series on the church. Over the past nine weeks, we've shared a wide array of conversations on the church, and we think it's about time to ask ourselves, what should we do in response? That's why today I'm chatting with Trillia Newbell on the mission of the church. We talked about everything from how we see the ancient church fulfilling the mission they were given by Jesus to how we're actually united with them in that very same mission today. Listen to what Trillia said. The gospel unites us, right? So the veil of hostility has been torn in the body of Jesus Christ and we're one new man and we all have the same mission. Isn't that that amazing to think that (laughs) the same mission of Paul is our mission today. We pray this episode aids your understanding of what we've been called to as Christ followers to go into the world by the power of the Spirit with the goal of making disciples by proclaiming the gospel for the glory of God and for the good of the world. So you'll know our guest a little better. Trillia Newbell is an author whose writings on issues of faith, family, and diversity have been published in Desiring God, True Woman, Christianity Today, The Gospel Coalition, and more. She's spoken at conferences, churches, women's retreats, colleges, and seminaries like True Woman, the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference, and Southeastern Theological Seminary. Trillia is also the Director of Community Outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. Before we get into this episode, I just want to encourage you to hang around till the end to hear a few of your responses to this series, as well as information about our summer break and upcoming fall series. And now, let's move into our very last series in this episode on the church with Trillia Newbell. Trillia, welcome back to the Journey Women podcast. How are you today? I am doing well. It's sunny and so warm. We're in the same kind of area, region of the U.S., and I feel it today. My uh, my two-year-old walked outside and she goes, Mommy, it's not hot. <laughs> and it's also not cold, which is a rare gift. Yeah, so good. Yeah, well, you've been a guest on the Journey Women podcast before. I think you were back on episode 53. We talked about celebrating God's diverse design and really just kind of rehashed one of my favorite books that you've written. Um, Oh, now that I say that, I can't think of it off the top of my head. And we read it all the time. That's a very good idea. The kids book? Yes, the kids (laughs) book. And I give it as a gift all the time. And actually, I've used it as like a tool for evangelizing, which is crazy. But so neat. It's amazing. It's such a gift. I'm so thankful for it. And I love how you talk about the church in that book. And you just do so many things to support the global church, really, Trillia. And I know the local church as well. So it's just an honor to get to have you on the show today. Welcome back. I am honored. Thank you, Hunter. I'm really grateful to be here. 
one of the things, again, like I said, that I loved, especially in that last little portion of your book, was this picture. And it's a picture of people of all different shapes, sizes, colors, interests, ages, everything at the end of the book. And they're sitting at the table and you talk about how that is like the picture that we have of the church and how that's a picture of heaven. Really, you could probably do a better job of explaining it. And I should have brought the book into the closet. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I just I thought it'd be so wonderful to get to have you on to talk about the mission of the church today as we're kind of wrapping up this series that we've been doing on the church. Trillia, just to fill you in and any listeners who haven't caught um, the whole series, we've talked about God's design for the church. We've talked about the global church, the local church. We've talked about church history. We've talked about women's roles in the church. We've talked about unity in the church, all of these things. And so I thought, what better way could we leave this series than to encapsulate what our mission is as followers of Christ and members of His body, the church? So could you kind of explain to us, like, what is the mission of the church? What's the heartbeat of the church? And what is it that God's collective people are sent into the world to accomplish? Yeah. <laughs> not, not a loaded question right off the gate or anything. <laughs> I, yeah. I was thinking, do we, are we going to accomplish this in 20 minutes? So I would encourage people to read the New Testament. Um, <laughs> for starters. But, for starters. But, but I, I really do think in so many different ways, it's summed up in Matthew 28, that we are called to go and make disciples of all nations, um, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything that God has commanded. And that's um, one part of the mission of the church. Um, There's so much more. Obviously, we are to... encourage one another. The mission is, it's about being a part of a body. And what does that look like as a church? And and so um, ultimately we are to glorify God and enjoy him forever, collectively. (laughs) And so, so I think our goal is to glorify God, to proclaim Christ, to magnify Christ and to share Christ. And so that to me would be the summation of the mission of the church as a body. Yes, I love that so much. And you mentioned that we should just reference the whole New Testament. So <laughs> do you have any like key passages that we just kind of see the church fulfilling this mission throughout Scripture? Good grief. All of the book of Acts. Yeah. So I, I really don't have like one Scripture. I think... There's probably, I probably do, if, if, but I'm just thinking the book of Acts where those disciples are called out and they're going out on mission and they're going building churches. And then Ephesians is oh, such a great yes. book about the mission of the church, what we, who we are in Christ, who we are as a church and what we are to do. And then that Jesus died for the church. We see that. And it's really difficult for me to say one scripture Right. I think that we just see it um, <laughs> all throughout. Yeah, all throughout. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. So I keep thinking of all of the different that we're we're a body of many parts, and so we can see how we are collectively su- supposed to work together. Which, of course, Paul is correcting the, <laughs> the Corinthians. But yeah, so I think that there isn't one particular scripture that I would say. I could be wrong here. Uh, someone else might say, oh, this particular scripture would be <laughs> the text to use. But I see from Ephesians 5, 
to Acts to Matthew 28, just God building in, in a church for his glory and for the good of the world to go out and proclaim yeah. it. So it's really difficult for me to find one scripture, but I think there, that throughout the New Testament, we just see God building his church and, and that's his promise and um, that he will, he'll build his church. I love that you brought up those texts, Trillia, because you haven't listened to all these conversations. They haven't even aired yet. And all of the conversations that I've had have revolved around a lot of the texts that you mentioned. So it's really cool. I think those are great starting places for us if we're like, where can we just kind of read with this lens, like looking for the church as we're reading through the text. So I was smiling as you were saying it because I'm like, yeah, this is popping up again. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, yeah, we just can't make stuff up, right? (laughs) No. God's word is there for a reason. And and I, I love that for seeing Consistency. Consistency. Yeah. We yeah. can yeah. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing, they're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. So speaking of consistency, I mean, we see that in Scripture, right? Like how the church is fulfilling the mission of the church throughout the context of the New Testament. And what does it look like for us, like in present day, to actually continue living out the mission of the church as Christ's followers, as we're seeking to fulfill that mission today? You know, I don't think it looks much different. Of course, we are, we have different struggles and, but not really. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, consistency, right? Here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's nothing new under the sun, which is so cliche, but not. It's it's true. And we're not in the American context. Okay. I just want to be really clear. Right, right, right. Experiencing extreme persecution that they would have experienced, right? Mm -hmm. So I can go out my door and in Tennessee, go to my next door neighbor, share the gospel, and it not be something I'm not concerned of. I'm, I might be concerned with the fear of man. Totally. Which, which also Your reputation. A, yeah. Which was also a struggle in the first century church, but I'm not going to be scared that I will get shots or. Right. So this is, again, I'm speaking very American context here, but our call is the same call that they were called to go to the nations, mm-hmm. to speak to our neighbors, to love our neighbor ultimately, and first and foremost is through the gospel. I can't remember if you said practically or just in general, but in general, I think what it looks like is us going and getting to know our neighbor, to love those who are around us and to proclaim the gospel. I think sometimes in our comfort culture, 
we we forget that we actually need to use words. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and I think we can assume that if we look like quote unquote good people, then they will catch the gospel. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's like a you can catch it or so. I don't know. Right. Um, which I I understand. I understand that, especially living in the South. But one of the things that I say when I speak to women in particular a lot is that we can be culturally good and spiritually dead. Mm. So we need to make sure that we're actually proclaiming with our mouth the good news, which is our mission to go and make disciples and then to teach them, to teach the rest of this counsel that God has given us. And, and so I am talking about just gospel proclamation because that's my heartbeat. Obviously, the mission of the church is also to very much care for the poor and the widow and the orphan and to meet the needs of our neighbors. And that can be a beautiful display. Is it Mark or Matthew where it says, you didn't feed me and I didn't know you? Yeah. Maybe that's Matthew. But we want to make sure that we are both proclaiming the gospel and also Part of our mission is to care for the needs of those around us and so that we are displaying that fully. And we see that in the New Testament church. We see hospitality. We see right. people, yeah, who are welcoming the foreigner. And obviously there's gospel proclamation. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought it back to the gospel. I mean, that's in many ways, I hope that's the heartbeat of the Journey Women podcast. Like that's the aim and the goal here. So what is it that unites both past and present believers in the mission, not to, you know, tip you off there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's funny. So, <laughs> that was like an inside joke between, I've written a book called United, so I'll just go ahead and say that, which is so funny. But um, what unites us, I would say, is what's been accomplished in Ephesians 2. The gospel unites us, right? So yeah, we the veil of hostility has been torn in the body of Jesus Christ, and we're one new man, and we all have the same mission. Isn't that a, isn't that amazing to think that <laughs> the same mission yes. of old of Paul is our mission today? Yep. and we share in that. That's awesome. Anyway, I just think that'll be so fun to get to the new heaven and new earth and the sea, and to be like we were. We're together, but centuries apart. So, so yes, we are together in that same mission to proclaim we're united because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what unites us. Yeah. So how does the gospel like drive us to do these things that you're talking about? Like when you're saying practically, it looks like just kind of getting our hands dirty and loving our neighbor and embracing those who are right around us. I mean, that's such a potent picture for me, Trillia, because, you know, I live on a military installation. And so there's people right around me that have very prevalent needs on a daily basis because maybe their spouse is deployed. um, They're out of their context. They don't have people that they've grown up with and that know them well right around them. There's just a lot of need. And so when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about my neighbors, my actual literal neighbors who are living around me. How does the gospel empower somebody like me or the listeners to accomplish this mission of loving our neighbor and serving them and also proclaiming the truth of the gospel that, like you mentioned? Yeah. So my brain kept going to Christ's love compels us. Mm. And so I think one of the things that the scriptures say that we get to comfort with the comfort we'd received. And there's so many different texts that take us out of ourselves and help us to look at the other. And so I think 
one of the things that motivates us is that we have been forgiven much. So we want to extend that grace. We know the freedom of the gospel, that it's free, that we're not bound. We're, We're no longer slaves to sin. We're free to walk in a manner that's worthy of the gospel. And it's not something that is, is like pulling weights behind us. It's a free. Right. It's not a heavy burden. Yes. It's not a heavy burden. Yeah. And so, because he's taken that burden. Totally. So, so this is, we want to proclaim that. We want other people to know that it's a free gift. And if they place their faith and trust in this, in Jesus, what's already been done, that they too can be free and can know ultimately, which is most important, know God. Yeah. And so I just think it's because of what we what we know to be true and what we've experienced that motivates us to want to go out and to share this. At least that's that's my mm-hmm. what motivates me. And and we're gonna fail. <laughs> the New Testament, so much of it is filled with. Paul writing to correct the church, like y'all yeah. are just going the wrong way. <laughs> totally. Let me redirect you over and over and over again. And so we thank God for his grace and for his mercy and that we can repent. And if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. First John 1, 9. And we just ask God to help us because we are not going to do this perfectly. So there's grace for that. Yet we are so thankful for what he's done and that compels us to go and do. And I love how when we meditate on that more and more and as that begins to like permeate every area of our life and the way in which we just view everything that's like coming at us, it makes it where you almost can't help but share because it's something that you're just continually mulling over. So it's like, well, this is what I've been thinking about today and here's how my day's gone. (laughs) I think one of the greatest mistakes that I've made is trying to do it alone. Um, and how exhausting that can be. So I'd love to hear from you just how we are to go about accomplishing this mission of going, making disciples, teaching in the context of community that we experience within the church. Like, how does that flesh itself out as we do the mission, kind of linking arms together with other believers? And like, what's the importance of doing that together on mission as a community? Yeah, so Jesus, who is the God-man, savior of the world, he wasn't isolated. <laughs> you know, he, I, I just always find it remarkable that Jesus was born into a family, mm-hmm. that Jesus had friends. He had brothers and sisters and cousins and not just f- followers. His friends were dumb sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> just like us. But yeah, so it's just like, we are not made to live in isolation or to do the mission. Yeah, we're just not made to do this alone. The church is God's idea and the church is made of people. So how do we do this collectively? Part of it is individual. So we go and we share the gospel, but, but then we don't leave them there, right? We're going to invite them to a local body, to a church. And then hopefully they will become involved or, or we will invite other people into their to this friendship that we've developed or, or whatever. So that's one way. Um, another way would be just doing, doing mission together. So that could be going on mission trips. That could be um, doing local ministry mission type things together. And so I, 
I don't know, I was going to say we're always doing mission together, but that's not true. I mean, there's, there's times when we have ministries like my ministry, the way that it is not isolated from the local church is that I'm in communication with my pastor constantly. About totally. It. And so I think that helps uh, connect it to the local church. And you, you're probably very filled up and poured into by the community. And that, as a result, is an overflow of what you're pouring out into other people in your public ministry. Absolutely. Yesterday, we had small group and we were talking about something, prayer requests. And these are things that are not seen in the public, but they're private ways. And so that's, I guess, one way that we could be on mission together. Yeah. I wasn't actually thinking in that route, but that is actually <laughs> essential. We need, you, we really can't obey most of the New Testament apart from the local church because there's so many love one another, uh, exactly, submit to one yeah. another, encourage one another. So we yeah. can't do, we can't really actively obey God's word right. in isolation. So, so we need, in order to, co- to do the mission of the church, we need to be built up yeah. and encouraged. Yeah. And that is a part, that's being a part of a body. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one thing I've experienced at doing ministry with people who really have like really significant needs. And then also I just, part of the way God's wired me is to come alongside other people and to see the needs of other people. And I used to think everybody was wired exactly that way. And it's just, I've, I've begun to realize like God has created me kind of like a helper type personality. Yes. And so sometimes, Trillia, I would just see all these needs and then just in, in a really prideful way, I've come to understand, try and meet everybody's needs around me because I, uh, you know, honestly probably had like a savior complex. Let's not get into my personal life. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Let's talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I've been to counseling. So, what, what I'm trying to say though is that I came to understand, like, oh, this is what, uh, like, as a body, we can address these needs so much better than me individually. And actually, I don't feel quite so frazzled and stressed and so much pressure and so exhausted. And so it's just a really sweet thing to even just practically for me get to welcome some of the gals that I go to church with here locally and have them in my neighborhood standing in my front yard with me so that they're also interfacing with neighbors that I'm hoping will come to know Jesus one day. Now I'm thinking about what if they're listening to this? (laughs) Well, praise the Lord. We hope you get up to know Jesus. (laughs) This is out of love. It's all out of love, right? Totally, totally. And um, it's so cool to get to see as we are all collectively, like you said, on the same mission, those connections just organically happening as you kind of intentionally place your friends and people that you're doing ministry with or to um, alongside those with whom you're doing life together with under the Word of God in the context of local community. Absolutely. And you know what? I think that's so good that you just admit your limitations. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was is, is a great example of mission together because we can't. I am geared similarly, but not really. So I can see someone's, but I'm going to very quickly pray with them, talk to them, and then tell them, okay, this is actually someone who can invest in you. I I can't invest in a hundred thousand people. Right. I so I am geared towards yeah. seeing pain and comforting with the comfort that the Lord is receiving yeah. me, and then pointing them to places where because I I will 
will disappoint them right. because I am limited. Yeah. And yeah. only God is unlimited. Right. <laughs> no, I think that's so, that's such a helpful thing, Trillia, like almost acting like a hinge, um, just kind of helping make connections and really like networking within the body. That's so cool. We just don't have the capacity no. to do that. And and then what we need to do is just to make sure that we're all, we, everyone collectively, are calling out for help when we need help. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I think that for us to be effective in our mission is that we are able to say when our energy or, or our wisdom or anything has moved beyond where where we sustainable or we're depleted. So the Lord, and he, so he's gracious to give us people in our lives who can help. Amen. Walking in humility is essential. <laughs> um, Pretty much. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the joy in going on mission like this together and accomplishing this mission together as the church for the glory of God? You know, I'm going to give a real specific example. This December, I have a... Um, do a Bible study Mm -hmm. at a mission Mm -hmm. and it's for women who are recovering drug addicts and they're in the program. So they're still addicts. They're just fighting it and recovering. And this December, I got to bring some women in my church to help do a kind of Christmas dinner. And it was so encouraging. I shared a little word, but then other women in my congress, the women who came right. shared very openly about some other things that, that the women in the program would relate to. And I just thought it, we, we left every single one of us with our faith built. Wow. Like God is real. God is powerful and God is moving. And I wouldn't have been able to experience, especially one particular woman, had we not been doing this mission together, yeah. the way she opened up was pretty remarkable and encouraging. And it, it, it just so ministered to the other women. And so it, there's a few things. As someone who does a lot of ministering, it was sweet to see this woman minister and get to yeah. serve in that way. So that was, she was able to use her, a gift that I, we didn't know she even had and so that was one thing that was sweet, just to, the Lord gives many gifts and to see someone else stepping out in that way was great. And then also just getting to do this collectively and encourage collectively, we shared in that joy. We were able to, so so I just think that the there is something unique and sweet, I'm going to use the word sweet, about doing ministry with other people and getting to see, wow, Lord, you're working and you're moving and we get to do this together is special. Yeah. I love how you pointed out that not only are we going on mission together, but we are also experiencing one another's growth and sanctification and seeing the ways in which the Lord is drawing us near to himself and showing us how to uh, live out uh, the way in which he has designed us. And so I just, that makes me fired up. I hope that this whole series has just been such an encouragement to women to link arms with their sisters in their local churches and to go on mission for the glory of God. Trillia, do you have any resources that you'd recommend for somebody who just wants to better understand and participate in the mission of the church? New Testament, check. I <laughs> know, <laughs> New Testament. 
I think um, Nine Marks Mm -hmm. has several. Nine Marks is an organization that I don't know if it's run by Mark Dever, but I believe he founded it. He was actually on in the series. So he, yeah, we talked about it a little bit. (laughs) Well, there you go. They have several resources, and I would just point everyone there as a start. It's just a great place. He is a local church guy, local church focused, and their material is local church. So I would encourage anyone to just go to Nine Marks. I don't know their website. It might we'll be link to nine. everything. We've got it. Oh, perfect. So that's my resource. I love that <laughs> which so will, much. Which, which will lead you to many resources. It's yep. so true. They have a host of resources. So we'll be sure to link to those. And Trillia, because you have been a guest on the show, I'm not going to ask you my standardized three simple joys question. I would love to oh. hear from you. What is one piece of advice that you'd give 25-year-old Trillia on her journey to glorify God? Life is hard. God is faithful. Uh, that's Yeah, I, I just yeah. think... I love that. Yeah, that I don't think I would say anything too more complicated than that. Life is hard and you're going to be disappointed in things that you wouldn't have even imagined sometimes. But God is so good and so faithful and he's just not going to he's not going to leave you and nor forsake you and one day all things will be made new and so I I would just encourage her <laughs> to just fix your eyes on eternity and continue enjoying the Lord and what the wonderful gifts he's given you and your husband and kids and local church. And, but it's going to get hard, but God is with you. That's what I'd say. I really appreciate that because I think so often we believe the lie that if we're doing it right, or if we're walking in obedience, that it's going to be easy. And that's totally debunked by the entire Bible. (laughs) I was about to say, that's, that's a different gospel. (laughs) It's not, it's, yeah, it's not the truth. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We are promised suffering, but God is good and faithful. I love that so much. So the other thing I want to ask is what's something that you're looking forward to on your own journey with God right now? This is the Journey Woman podcast. So what's something that's coming up for you that is exciting you? In July, I'm not traveling. I'm not doing anything. I love that. I can't wait for July. (laughs) That is so me. We're getting ready to move, Trillia. We move May the 15th. And then we're moving to Texas for a brief interim period. And we're not doing anything all summer because my husband's not starting his next thing until August. And so I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm really looking forward to it. Doing nothing is such a simple joy slash luxury. It it is totally a luxury. Well, I mean, I will be working some, but I will be not traveling. I'll just be, my kids will be at us for summer break. And I'm really looking forward to spending time with them and my husband and just not having a slower season is a gift. And yes, even with a slower season with a little bit of work, it's better. It's just, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. So my journey is, um, I can never look or think about five years we Brooks and I are the same exact way. Like Brooks was in the military for eight years and people would always ask us, you know, are you in for 20? And we're like, how can anyone ever honestly answer that question? We'll see what the Lord has. (laughs) And there are some people who have these five-year plans, 10-year. I'm like, I could not have told you that I would be doing what I'm doing five years ago today. So anyway, so so my plan is to... 
just looking towards July and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely wonderful. Well, I'm glad we caught you before you head out for your break slash sabbatical um, with a little bit of work peppered in. Um, it's just been a joy as always to get to hear from you. We'll be sure to link to everything in the show notes in regard to all the books that you've written. There's so many wonderful opportunities to learn from you at a distance, Trillia. Thank you for joining us on the show so that we can do that today. Thank you so much. It's a joy. Y'all, that about wraps it up. But wait, before you go, we want you to hear from each other how the Lord used this series to aid your understanding of the church. Here are just a few listener responses to the question, what's your biggest takeaway from this series on the church? I've just been so grateful for the examples of everyone in these conversations to walk in humility as we navigate the hard and holy waters of being the church. To remember that we must not run from difficult conversations or hard topics, but walk with one another in love as we work out our faith together, seeking to both know our God more and to reflect to more to one another and to the world. The biggest light bulb moment for me was when Sandra McCracken talked about music preferences in church. If I like every third song, it's probably a pretty good balance because I don't want a church full of people just like me. That's not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is full of people from different backgrounds and with different preferences, and our churches should show that. Those other two songs, the ones that I don't necessarily prefer, someone else prefers them. It has really caused me to be thankful when the choir sings a song I don't know or really like because I've been able to have a heart for the people, my brothers and sisters in Christ, who that song is ministering to. Hunter and team, thank you so much for this encouraging and challenging series on the church. It could not have come at a more perfect time. My husband and I just moved across the country three months ago for him to take a youth pastor position at our new church. This series has been a huge encouragement to me as we navigate the beginning stages of plugging into the church and ministering to a new body of people. In a ministry where we're constantly stressing the importance of the church and a biblical community to the next generation, this series has been a refreshment each week and a place where I could seek to be poured into so I could continue to pour out. I have learned so much from this series on the church. One thing especially has been the importance of the role women have in the body. I loved hearing Mary Wilson on her explanation of women's roles in the church, explaining that our role is to first and foremost be a part of the church. As a result, I have more of a burden as a woman to rightly understand the whole of Scripture as I read and study it, and to transfer what I learn as I participate in my local church. This series has brought to my attention the beauty of the church, both local and global. It's really easy to gather every Sunday and lose sight of its beauty and the importance of showing up and giving of myself. I especially want to thank you guys for not just making it about what we do as the church, but who we are historically. I think by better knowing who we are, we can live out our mission and use our gifts more effectively and appropriately. I learned a lot in this series on the church, but one lesson that really stands out to me is that of grace. I used to only focus on giving grace to those outside the church, but now I realize that the people inside the church need grace from me as much as I need grace from them. Guys, thank you so much for listening and for sharing what you're learning with us. We're praying that the Lord uses these conversations on the church to stir your affections for Christ and His church, and that you're encouraged to joyfully employ the gifts God has entrusted to you to bless the body and to share the good news of Jesus with the world. We also hope this series has sparked a desire to learn more about the church and to grow in your ecclesiology or the study of the church. 
You'll find tons of resources in the show notes on each episode in this series on our website over at journeywomenpodcast.com. We also want to point you towards the upcoming issue of Deeply Rooted Magazine on the topic of the church. Find out how to order at deeplyrootedmagazine.com. Hey, we're breaking from releasing new content this summer so that we can amp up for our upcoming fall series that'll launch in August. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on new episodes. And if you'd like to partner with us during our break, we would love your help. We almost exclusively generate funding to support the podcast via ads on our show, and we won't be bringing in any financial support this summer via advertisements because we won't be airing episodes, even though we'll still be working hard to produce free content for you guys. If you'd like to help us out, you can find out more about how to do that by visiting the giving page on our website or by going to www.journeywomenpodcast.com slash give. Even just $1 helps. So you know, this episode was edited by Chris Mann and the Podshaper team. We are so grateful for them and for you. As always, it's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. We can't wait to see you this August. Have a great summer. Oh.